So in order to understand where governmentality comes from, we have to look at how Michel Foucault uh, evolved this perspective. He talked about three basic modes of power. One power has always, one kind of power has always been around, which is the game between individuals. A wants to do that, B wants to do that, and you fight and you do one of the things. I'm a married man, so you know, this goes on on a, day, on a daily basis. You know, the wife wants to go for a walk, I want to play tennis, and then we discuss what to do, and sometimes she wins, sometimes I win. That's when Foucault says that power is everywhere in everyday life. That's what he means, this form of power. But then the early Foucault was doing work on another form of power that he called discipline, which is the kind of power you find in prisons, at the assembly line, even in hospitals and in boarding schools, where the situation is so tightly set up that it, it is no game. You have no game to play. You can resist and you can do stuff, but it won't change the situation. You are being disciplined in the sense that you have been sort of made into a docile body that can do fairly little. But that's not the end of the story. There is a third form of power, governmentality, which is radically different from discipline because it starts not with having people under, under your thumb, but having people as acting individuals and trying to orchestrate the way they think by suggesting to them over the long haul, socializing them into thinking that this is the natural thing to do. And uh, it is that form of power that we're going to talk about today. You know, the conduct of conduct, as Foucault puts it, you know, the orchestration of action, the indirect way of pe making people do what they would not otherwise have done. Think about bringing up a child, for example. The entire idea is that the child should do what you want that child to do, even when you're not there. So you inculcate a number of different ideas of what to do, what not to do. And after a while, once you've gone through this hundreds of times, you trust her to uh, say thank you when she's been given something, even when you're not there. That's God mentality. And uh, for Foucault, that is a very important part of modern political life that sort of running societies will be done in that way. So since governmentality is hatched to understand early modern Europe, modern Europe, postmodern Europe, it has an affinity to liberalism because liberalism is keen on looking at how free will is supposed to be the key theme of political life, that the good life is the life of the free will and the free individual. Now, if you compare that to the governmentality perspective, governmentality analyzes how that free will was made. Let's start with Rousseau, who says, how come that people are born free but are everywhere in chains? Well, look at the presupposition. People are born free. This is not true. I have been in loco parentis for a number of kids. They're not born free. They're born as little things that need help 24 hours a day. And we care for them and we mold them and we make them good citizens. So their free will is basically the result of how we teach them. And we here would not only be parents, it would be society at large. So you can be for or against free will and you can see it as a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I'm rather partial to liberalism myself, 
but it's not a natural thing. Free will is anything but free. Free will is a socially determined thing. And governmentality is able to demonstrate the specific parts of and techniques of producing that free will, if you like. So in that sense, uh, governmentality is not an easy thing for liberals to deal with because it takes what they think of as the key political theme and demonstrates that it's infused with power. And uh, liberals don't like that, just like liberals don't like to be reminded that most people who've been living under liberal regimes have been unfree. Slaves, colonials, women, children. In most textbooks and most approaches to the discipline, post-structuralism and realism are looked at as two very different things. And I never quite understood that because post-structuralists start from power realism. Post-structuralists are very, should we say, realists about the importance and even predominance of power. It's not that power is everything, but it is that power comes from everywhere. And therefore, we have to start analyses of social life by looking at power. But this whole idea that there are people outside power, as it were, that you could take, say, the American president or a mafia boss and say that they are the A that makes all the rest of us do what we do, is mistaken, simply because these people are also inside a mentality, inside a specific world perspective. So the idea is to uh, analyze that perspective and see how it spawns not only those who are being led, but also the leaders, because they are in the throes of specific ways of thinking. So this whole idea that uh, what is being done uh, by powers that be is simply uh, their own will and their own power is mistaken, because there is something about the, should we say, the bandwidths, the bookends of a certain way of thinking about the world that gives you the leeway to do this or to do that. And this is one of the dramas of power. Foucault was primarily interested in how this works within states as part of a state-building project. Now, in an international relations setting, the key is to look at this in the uh, realm between states and in the transnational realm, globally, if you like. And the basic idea there is that uh, we seem to have some kind of, should we say, cushion internationally, so some kind of dense network of interaction between people begins to look like a global society. And how are states trying to, re to regulate and govern the people who are making up that dense not, if you like, that is global society. And then the governmentality perspective can be used. Now, one thing one should always ask of any theoretical perspective is its area of validity. Where can it be used? Where in time and space can it be used? Because it is not the case that a theory can be effortlessly applied to any sort of place in space and time. And the governmentality perspective was specifically evolved to understand politics in early modern and modern, and I would add postmodern Europe. It has as its historical precondition the existence of a society, which means a group of people that can act relatively independently of the state and that the state will want to govern in some way 
independently. Now that's not necessarily the situation all over the globe as we speak. There is such a thing as a strong society, as a Scandinavian, I would say that Scandinavian societies are strong simply because they have the power to hit back when people try to govern them. Not necessarily, they don't necessarily do it because they are, well, governmentality has worked swimmingly in Scandinavia. But if you look at somewhere like Guinea-Bissau, for example, the situation would be different. There would not be the same action capacity on behalf of society, which means that analyzing what's going on in terms of governmentality may not be as easy. However, and this is key to an IR scholar, when these states and these other actors meet in transnational pockets, the West sets the tone. The West is sort of usually, the West equals the sort of playing field, as it were, which means that the West will try and avail itself of governmentality, so the governmentality perspective is warranted. So if you ask how those bookends have been changed, what people can and cannot do in international relations. I think a key example would be to do with sovereignty. It's sovereignty usually taught as the game in international relations. But if you look at how sovereign states have to answer to international economic organizations like the World Bank, what is frequently happening now is that the World Bank will have evol has evolved uh, forms they have indicators for good governance. So when they meet the Minister of Finance or even the head of state from that particular lending country, they would go through and ask, so how are you scoring on this indicator for good governance? And what are you doing on that indicator? What about the women? What about the children, etc.? How many schools? Da, da, da. And the Minister of Finance will have to answer these questions. And that's the exchange. That does not strike me as a sovereign talking or even a representative of a sovereign state talking. This is the pupil answering to his teachers. So governmentality trumps sovereignty in the sense that uh, there is a layer of liberal sort of standards being superimposed on sovereignty. So sovereignty is not the only game in town, sometimes it's not even the most important game in town. And this changes the way states work, both the states that are at the receiving end of governmentality, but also the states that are exerting governmentality.